Hello, I'm Dr. Brian Cole, and welcome to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. I'll be your host for this next session with Bob Mangine. It's a fascinating interview. It's a timely topic. But first, we'll have a word from our sponsors. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. Enhanced Medical Nutrition. Enhanced Medical Nutrition builds clinical nutrition products to help patients prepare better and recover faster. The Ortho Nutrition Bundle is a four-week perioperative nutrition program containing their clinical-grade whey protein isolate and complex carbohydrate powder. Developed in collaboration with internationally renowned nutrition researchers and surgeons, the Ortho Nutrition Bundle is designed to maintain muscle, support wound healing, and improve the recovery experience. To learn more, please visit www.emn.health. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L.com. Integrated Ortho. Integrated Ortho is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of Iceless Thermal and Compression Therapy devices for patients recovering from orthopedic surgery. Iceless Thermal Therapy rental products are designed for ease of patient use and to control post-operative pain and swelling. Their sequential compression therapy products offer a portable, lightweight, and tubeless home therapy solution to help prevent blood clot formation following surgical procedures. To determine if Iceless Thermal Therapy or sequential compression products are right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. And for further information about Integrated Ortho's products and services, please give them a call at 773-248-6400. You do a lot of listening in your lifetime. You listen to your doctor, your spouse, and this podcast. It's time to listen to your body. At Rush Physical Therapy, our expert therapists can help you get rid of your aches and pains to get you back to what you love. Go to RushPT.com to learn more. honored to welcome Bob Mangine to this podcast. He is a renowned physical therapist with the University of Cincinnati. He actually has more than three decades of experience in sports medicine. He supervises a program that addresses the health and well-being of the Bearcats football team. He has served as the Director of Rehabilitative Services at the University of Cincinnati since 2002, where he has worked with both amateur and professional athletes dating back to 1976 when he first arrived at UC. In 1982, he assisted in the development of the nationally recognized Cincinnati Sports Medicine Orthopedic Center. That's with colleagues that I know very, very well. We're 
highly esteemed in our field of orthopedics and managing athletes. After serving approximately 10 years with the organization, he started his own practice, with mer which merged with Novacare Rehabilitation in 1998, which is part of the Select Rehabilitation family. Bob currently serves as the National Director of Sports Physical Therapy Clinical Residency for Novacare and is president of the MBM Consultants, which provides educational management services for physical therapy and occupational therapy professionals. He has a number of accolades, but he's a 25-year award recipient of the National Athletic Trainer Association, where he's the head athletic trainer for the aquatic teams at the 1996 Olympics, at the Goodwill Games of 1986, 1990, and 1998. He is also a charter member of the Sports Physical Therapy Section Hall of Fame. What's most interesting about Bob and what we're going to talk about today is that he's in, involved extensively in the Matthew Mangine Jr. One-Shot Foundation. Following the tragic death of his grandson, Matt, on the soccer field in June of 2000 at the age of 16, his family started this foundation. The One Shot Foundation strives to raise awareness about cardiac episodes by educating parents, coaches, and athletes on the importance of properly executing emer emergency action plans. It also advocates for the expanded use of AEDs along with heat-cold therapy devices. Bob and his family understand that often you have just one shot to stay the light. They want to ensure that young athletes are properly cared for so that no family has to endure the pain of a preventable sudden death. So Bob, I want to thank you for joining us today and I really look forward to speaking with you about your efforts with the One Shot Foundation and keeping our athletes healthy. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you to, uh, for the invite and the opportunity to speak on this really critical topic and, and that's the health and, and well-being of young student athletes and and making sure that we can provide the safest environment for them to uh, to play in and participate in, uh, and, and hopefully in the future we create uh, more, you know, more of these events from occurring, and hopefully save more lives. Can you start by telling us a little bit more about the One Shot Foundation and its goals? So uh, on June 16th of uh, 2020, uh, my grandson was participating in a conditioning session. And uh, Matthew went down at the very end of the session. The session had just uh, ceased to, uh, you know, op at the end of the practice session and went down. And unfortunately, uh, the emergency action plan and the, the reaction to the situation uh, lent itself to delays. So I think that what we want to try to do, do is to educate parents, number one. You know, when a parent signs their child up for high school, elementary school, a rec program, a travel program, you know, we got to quit worrying about what kind of skills are they going to get? What kind of, you know, how, how much is it going to cost? How much is this going to be? And, and the critical question has to be, you know, hey, if my son or daughter has an issue, how are you guys ready to respond to that? Do you have the equipment you need? Do you have the emergency action plan that you need? And I think the kids, as part of their, uh, I'm used to our healing process, started the Matthew Mangine Jr. Foundation, the One Shot uh, Foundation, that we're trying to make sure we're not just providing emergency equipment to the high schools, but we're also educating the schools. We're doing take 10 trainings, teaching them how to respond to a cardiac event. Uh, we're doing it at the elementary schools. We're doing it at clubs, uh, club soccer, club hockey uh, places. So it's not just a high school, 
but it's trying to get this information into the hands of the people who need it day in and day out. And so that was the mission. Uh, they have done what I think is an incredible job. And I've been in sports medicine for 53 years uh, in the last 21 years at the college level. And I think with the uh, attitude and, and the, the fact that they really attack this uh, in order to help save lives. And that's really what it's all about. Because when a kid goes down, you have to respond quickly, efficiently, and, and really do your best to make sure you have a positive outcome. You know, these things show up in the public eye every so often. You know, we were, I remember back to the Hank Gather situation when I was back in my early training. And, you know, every couple of years, there's another event. And we've seen the evolution of this care. And I mean, most recently, the DeMar Hamlin situation where on Monday Night Football kind of showcased how critical a quick response could be. And it was, it was fairly stunning at how quick and methodical the response could be. And I'll tell you, even before our NBA games, we actually will have a pregame uh, response uh, meeting to make sure that everyone knows their position, their responsibility, should something should happen, knows the hand signals and so forth. And I'm just curious, you know, with what just happened uh, last year with DeMar Hamlin, has your mission gained any additional traction since that event? Oh, yeah. Yes, it has. Uh, DeMar's situation has lent itself to uh, more visibility and awareness. Um, Matthew and his wife, Kim, my, my daughter-in-law, uh, were, was with DeMar in Washington, D.C. We all went over there because the uh, federal government is making stronger guidelines for uh, sports organizations to have the proper equipment and the proper training. Uh, we got a chance to meet DeMar over there. Uh, DeMar will actually be coming to Cincinnati. DeMar's foundation started um, doing sort of take 10 trainings with the American Heart Association. And they're coming in the Cincinnati market on July 22nd. And at the University of Cincinnati, we have our emergency meeting for healthcare professionals. But the Mars group is, is trying to get to the, the public, the, you know, the parents, the coaches, and, and the athletes themselves. You know, just one example is um, we have a local high school here that we've, I've worked with for years, Taylor High School, where, you know, when Matt and Kim got started, uh, their AD was all in. What Larry was one of the first ones on board. Uh, and asked the kids for a grant uh, to purchase uh, several AEDs. And in addition to that, they went in and looked at all their EAPs, their emergency action plans. And then Larry said, okay, we're going to teach all the coaches take 10. Then we're going to teach all the parents take 10. And he got to the point where they even taught all the student athletes at Taylor High School to take 10. So in one school, you have over 500 people now that have been exposed to how to respond. And I, I think in the Mark case, and of course, I'm at the college level for a lot of years. And, you know, we have our, uh, you know, emergency timeout prior to every game, whether it be basketball or, you know, football. But again, at the high school level, it's starting to gain steam finally. You know, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Ohio just passed laws this year to where at the high school level, they have to take that 60 minute before the game timeout and say, okay, where's the EMTs? Who is going to respond to this? And you have to practice it, of course. And, you know, at the collegiate level, I don't know if you remember uh, when Jordan uh, McNair uh, passed away at Maryland. Uh, and it's been about five years ago. And his dad, Marty McNair, and Matt are very close friends now uh, with the McNair Foundation. But Marty's uh, passing, you know, we lost 32 college football players over about an uh, 18-year span. And finally, Marty's passing forced the NCA to finally uh, put more guidelines on the table for us at the collegiate level 
And if you look at the visual in college football, you know, since Marty's passing, because we have more opportunities to, to practice and be ready for that situation, you see a lower death rate now at the collegiate football level. An interesting stat, every seven days, somebody participating in athletics is going to pass away from a sudden cardiac death, whether that be high school, older adult, college, uh, elementary school. But in this country, we lose an athlete about every seven days, uh, secondary to an athletic-related activity. And that, that's got to slow down. You know, it's, I, I remember back when I was, uh, I used to, we used to, I lived, when I was in New York at special surgery training, we always, we had a high school assigned to us to take care of. And I was on the upper, sort of in the Harlem area. And at that stage, you know, in the late 1990s, first aid was basically a, a quarter and a payphone. You know, we had a, basically nothing. There was no such thing as an AED um, on, on a, in, in a setting like that. And, and a lot of these are in economically disenfranchised areas as well, which is a huge problem. I know there was a, 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 a legislation, the Bipartisan Access to AED Act, and I know that, you know, I'm not sure when that came into play, but that does award grants and promotes access to defibrillators at a level, at the elementary school and the secondary school level. And, you know, I'm, I'm just curious now, how widespread is that? What are the, what are the, what, is, what does, lo how does it get down to the local legislation now at the elementary and secondary school level? Well, I think the states like Kentucky, uh, Matt was very forceful in the state of Kentucky, obviously, because that's where Matt passed away and we've lived for the last 45 years. And Matt was very forceful with Kim that uh, the state of Kentucky legislation passed their law just uh, two months ago. Uh, Louisville Courier Journal, Stephanie Kaczynski uh, just did a major report called the Sideline Safety, in which she started to expose schools because the rules were always you had to have an EAP, but you never had to follow them anywhere. You know, uh, the, the high school associations would say, oh, well, they're in compliance because they have one. But just take Matthew's case. Uh, there were four AEDs within 200 feet. Uh, but the first AED that ended up getting applied to him was when the EMTs got there 12 minutes after he went down. Uh, because people didn't know where they were. People didn't have a key to the door. Um, they weren't in the right location. And, and again, it's the preparation that you have to have when these events occur. And until the states, and, and I'm old, I've been doing this for 53 years. And what gets us finally at the collegiate level is we've got compliance looking over our back. So we have to comply with NCA regs, uh, state regs, whereas the high school level, I, I still get very... Uh, upset with the fact that I, I worked high school ball for 25 years, but the state associations have no teeth. They have no compliance. They, they have to get a compliance officer to make sure the schools have what they say they have, but more importantly, know how to use what they have. Like I said, you can have AEDs on site, but if you don't know where they are or the coaches aren't trained to get them or you know someone's not in charge, then, you, you know, it, it doesn't do any good to have the emergency equipment. And again, we're visiting with Bob Mangine, who's a, uh, a, a therapist, but who's, who's really renowned as a therapist, but has taken this interest uh, in uh, due, uh, due, uh, his tra the tragic death of his grandson and created, started the One Shot Foundation. And uh, has had, it sounds like you've had just tremendous impact on virt virtually every level of uh, educa educational environments. And I'm I'm just curious now, you know, where are we as 
sort of the routine part of like using CPR and AED training as in the secondary school level. Is that something now that's across the country that's you do is pretty routine and and expected as part of the core curriculum? Right. I, I think it has to be. I think uh, high school coaches now uh, in most states have to take a core uh, safety class that involves uh, CPR and AED training. The secondary schools, it's filtered down. I know in Kentucky and Ohio with their recent laws, it's filtered down to uh, those elementary schools. And I mean, Matt and Kim have been in, I don't, I don't know, maybe 53, 55 schools in the uh, area. And there's some schools that have finally gotten uh, ahead of it and, and they've got six, seven, eight EDs and some of them are in public locations. So anybody can access them. Uh, and getting that emergency action plan practiced, practice with your EMTs, like at the University of Cincinnati uh, yesterday, uh, our head football trainer, Aaron Himmler, had his staff on the field with the two responding EMTs that are going to be at our games this year. And we went over the whole scenario, and this is our only June, and we've already done our first dry run. And then we'll do our next dry run in July, then another dry run in August. And the more we can get the elementary, the, the secondary schools to buy into that. And again, I'm, I remember when we didn't have many athletic trainers in any high schools. And finally, we were getting more and more athletic trainers involved, and that's a big uh, program that Select Medical has pushed out to where the athletic trainer oftentimes is by himself or herself, and you're trying to respond. So the coaches have to get educated, and the administrators have to get educated and trained, which is one of the reasons that we've moved away from you know your traditional four-hour you know American Red Cross uh, certification program that we all have to take, obviously. But they've uh, got it down to what they call take 10 training. Simply, you know, how do you recognize it? How to get the AED on? How to do chest compressions? Uh, Matt has over 50 dummies now that they practice chest compressions to make sure they're getting the right depth of the chest compression. They have uh, about uh, 25 practice AEDs for the kids to, and uh, the coaches to practice with. So I think the more you practice, then when the situation occurs, you know, it, it'll become a little, It'll be a little bit, it's always going to be stressful, but at least you have an idea of how you're going to respond. I'll give you a classic story that the kids have been doing this now for uh, two years. And at one of the local recreational programs, um, we they went out and they trained with the select medical athletic trainers and the coaches. And lo and behold, two weeks later, one of the athletic trainers actually had a cardiac event and the coaches that were trained just two weeks prior jumped in, started chest compressions, got the AED on them. And, you know, Mike is with us today because those coaches knew how to respond. So we, we basically call Mike our first uh, saved case uh, for take 10 training within our own, you know, our own location here in Northern Kentucky. So it works. You know, and a lot of people get scared when they take those four hour classes and or they don't want to take the time to do it. And that's where DeMar Hamlet's foundation is going around. They already did Buffalo where in a I think it was a five or six hour period. They did over fifteen hundred people. They're coming down to Cincinnati. They're doing one in Pittsburgh. And Matt and Kim have already done well in excess of uh, three thousand coaches, student athletes and parents. So it is filtering down. The other area 
is not just the high schools and the secondary schools, but all these AAU basketball camps and all these uh, rec programs, soccer recreational programs. And that's really what they're branching out uh, into is trying to get the soccer programs to really buy in because these coaches are moms and dads. These coaches really need to, to have a feel for how to call 911 and give correct information and also how to, you know, get into the right position to start chest compressions should something happen. You know, not, not, not all of these things happen on the playing field. And, you know, it's estimated there's about 350,000 people in a year who experience sudden cardiac arrest. So, you know, with a very clear relationship between sudden cardiac arrest, survival, and the time it takes to defibrillation, why do you think we're not seeing more AEDs in public places? You know, that's a great question. And I think that it's like, I'll go into some venues uh, with with Joseph, uh, Matt's brother, uh, who, you know, we we go with all the time and and uh, we'll go into a soccer venue to play a game or we'll go into, um, you know, a golf training center and there's no AED. And so, you know, it, for a thousand dollars, I don't know why more people don't recognize that they need them. So like in my case, for the last uh, 15 years uh, covering football and, and now men's basketball, um, I've had an AED with me uh, 24-7. So uh, it either sits in my car or it's next to me in private. Even though I have two permanently mounted in Fifth Third Arena, I still have one with me that, you know, I, I it's easy access and I know I'm going to have it there. But what happens if I run into somebody on the street? needs it or what happens if I is run it, into uh, some... Hey, I, I guess, yeah, I guess the logical question is, uh, have you ever had the unfortunate instance where you, where you had to use it? No. I've been good. Okay. I've, we'll you know, keep it that I've way. Had a cardiac, we'll keep it that way. I've had one cardiac event in which we recognized it so early in the event that we had the athlete in the ER within six minutes uh, at the university and the young man uh, who had an abnormality that we didn't know about uh, ended up with open heart surgery and came back to play. But we uh, we were training, and you know it was lit- asking the right questions at the time. Then he started having difficulty recognizing that I was concerned that might be a cardiac event, and rather than wait around for uh, the EMTs, because he wasn't down, he was breathing, he was able to be moved. I felt uh, that we were best to run him right over, calling the ER when we got there. And sure enough, he had a cardiac event uh, from a congenital abnormality. And they got that corrected and came back and participated in college sports without any problems after that. So, I, and that's, again, well, I think I, an athletic trainer on site can hopefully recognize some of those early interventions in getting the appropriate action at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you what you, you and your family have done, Bob, uh, have taken a, obviously a tragedy to, to the, to the substantive benefit uh, of likely thousands of people with raising awareness for the AED. Um, I just want to congratulate you on that. And, you know, it's an important topic. I think we all uh, owe you a debt of gratitude to establishing a foundation, increasing awareness, because uh, it saves lives. And, um, you know, I think if our listeners want to donate uh, to the One Shot Foundation, uh, you can, they can visit your website at 
MatthewMangineJuniorFoundation.org. And we're going to put that on our social media as well. Okay, uh, it's an important, it's an and it's an important initiative, and I think people uh, will lear- be interested in learning more, especially when they function in systems uh, in sports at basically any level. And we're going to put some other links there. There's a there's your whole story is you have a great YouTube video that tells your story, and there's a lot to learn about the One Shot Foundation. So uh, you know, look, nearly six hundred thousand Americans suffer from study, sudden cardiac arrest annually, and more than seven thousand of them are under the age of eighteen. So it's an important topic. So I want to thank you again for taking the time to, to talk to us today for today's episode for Sports Medicine Weekly. Thank you very much for the invitation. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to anytime I get to talk about this, because it's really obviously not just special uh, to us, but also to, pri- to prevent parents from having to go through this you know, tragedy. Well, you've listened to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. And remember, all net proceeds go to support orthopedic research at Rush University Medical Center, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. So please tune in to our regular Sports Medicine Weekly episodes uh, where you commonly tune in to your podcast. Thank you again and have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review. Make sure to also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Net proceeds from Sports Medicine Weekly go to support research at Rush University Medical Center in the Department of Orthopedics. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. JRF Ortho. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. With over 205 years of combined experience successfully representing victims of personal injury and wrongful death matters, the attorneys of Tomasic, Coton, Kasserman are committed to working for you. Reach them at 312-605-8800 or on the web at tkklaw.com. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmulkin.com. Integrated Ortho. Integrated Ortho is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of iceless thermal and compression therapy devices for patients recovering from orthopedic surgery. Iceless thermal therapy rental products are designed for ease of patient use and to control post-operative pain and swelling. Their sequential compression therapy products offer a portable, lightweight, and tubeless home therapy solution to help prevent blood clot formation following surgical procedures. To determine if Iceless Thermal Therapy or Sequential Compression products are right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. And for further information about Integrated Ortho's products and services, please give them a call at 773-248-6400. 
You do a lot of listening in your lifetime. You listen to your doctor, your spouse, and this podcast. It's time to listen to your body. At Rush Physical Therapy, our expert therapists can help you get rid of your aches and pains to get you back to what you love. Go to RushPT.com to learn more.